Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading today is from Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. You can locate this text in your pew Bible on page 923. First, let us prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Dear God, thank you so much for being with us. When we read your word, we remember that your Holy Spirit is in this room and in our hearts. Help us to understand your scripture and live it out in our lives. Thank you for the hope and encouragement your word brings us. Amen. Jesus blesses little children. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs truly. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. So this is yet one more story about the disciples who just do not seem to understand I think the disciples are there for you and for me. More often than not, I realize I am more like the disciples and less like Jesus Christ. So I think the disciples actually are there for us. So Jesus has returned to Capernaum, a place he's been to a number of times. There's a house there that he frequents when he visits Capernaum. He's there in the house. People know that he's arrived. Word gets around the town, and those who can, they bring children there to greet him. Parents, caregivers. It says that they bring the children that he might touch them. It's been a long understanding of the church and many other faith traditions, not just Christians, but others as well, that when people lay hands on one another, that something happens in this transaction of touching, there is a blessing that happens. Throughout scriptures, you see that the Holy Spirit comes upon people when persons lay hands on them. Some of you were here in this sanctuary on Tuesday night this past week. We said goodbye to our pastor of 20 years, Tom and Carol. We put them in the middle of the sanctuary right there in the center aisle and invited people to touch them. And those who couldn't reach Tom and Carol, they reached persons who were reaching Tom and Carol. In that way, all of us were giving blessing to Tom and Carol in their ministry as they go to Fourth Presbyterian Church of Chicago. It's that sense of touch, that blessing that is bestowed when touch happens. So these parents and caregivers are bringing their children to the house in Capernaum, and the disciples, it says the disciples speak sternly to these parents. And they tell them things like, why are you even here? Why are you bothering the Lord? Don't waste his time. So they're scolding these parents for bringing the children to come to Jesus. 
Uh, it actually makes a lot of sense when you understand anthropologists tell us that in this ancient culture, children were not valued the way we value them now. Children were seen actually as a nuisance. They were seen as selfish. They were seen as a challenge to have to raise. So you often would ignore children to try break that spirit in them. There was no sense of development, that they would sort of grow and there were developmental tasks along each step of the way. That happened much, much later in humankind. So, so children actually were seen as worth less in the eyes of most persons there. So it makes sense the disciples would say, why are you bothering the Lord with these children? But look and see what Jesus does. When Jesus heard this, he was indignant to the disciples and says to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For this, it is such to these as the kingdom of God belongs. It is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Think about that phrase for a moment. Jesus is saying to the disciples, these mean old disciples, don't stop the children from coming to me because it is to such as these as the kingdom of God belongs. It's clear that Jesus is signaling to you and to me that children get God in ways that we adults don't. Uh, We're cynical. We're tainted. But children seem to get God in ways that are unique to children. It's why it's so important that we be in ministry with them, not just for their sake, but even more so for ours. So one of my good friends is a professor at Columbia Seminary, the Reverend Dr. Kathy Dawson. She's an expert in early childhood. She's written books, articles. She lectures about children in worship, children in churches, talks about how children can be welcomed and how children can help lead us all. On most Sunday mornings there in Decatur, Georgia, Kathy Dawson is teaching Sunday school at Oakhurst Presbyterian Church. She's a Sunday school teacher, faithfully, this PhD from Princeton Seminary, an expert on childhood and child faith. She's teaching third and fourth and fifth graders. She has a favorite. She's not supposed to, but she has a favorite in that class. His name is DeAndre. DeAndre is a very active third grade little guy. He barely can contain himself long enough for the Bible story. And then as soon as he's free, he runs and goes to the most active station available to him and spends the rest of the time during that church school class there. So Kathy was teaching the Bible story that day. No surprise that Andre is barely able to stay on the Bible carpet where they have to stay during the story. She finally says, okay, now we're done. You can go to any of these stations around the room. And she explains what each station is, thinking DeAndre is going to go to the most active station. And so Kathy, Dr. Dawson, was surprised when DeAndre actually goes to the coloring station, quickly goes, sits at the table, pulls a piece of paper out, and starts to color. Not like him. Surprised. So Dr. Dawson goes and she sits next to DeAndre and she says, hi, DeAndre. You're at the coloring station. He says, yeah, I'm coloring today. She says, great. What are you doing? And he said, I'm drawing a picture of God. Kathy says, well, that's great. Then the Reverend Dr. Kathy Dawson, PhD from Princeton Seminary, expert on early childhood children's ministries. She says, you know, DeAndre, nobody knows what God looks like 
DeAndre pauses, looks at her, and says, well, they will in a minute. (laughs) The disciples are saying, don't bother the Lord with these children. They're worthless. Wait until they have their bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Then they're adults. Then you can talk to him. Jesus says back to the disciples, scolds them, and says, do not stop the children from coming to me, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. I think DeAndre gets God in ways we do not. It's why we need children to be around us. I think it also hurts God's heart when children are mistreated, abused, neglected, when children lose their lives. I think it breaks God's heart in a particular way that grieves the Holy Spirit. So nearly 25 years ago, I was privileged to be part of a delegation of Presbyterian leaders. We were being led by the moderator of the church. Every year, the Presbyterian church elects one person to be the moderator of the whole church. That year, it was ruling elder Marge Carpenter from Big Springs, Texas, Every year, the moderator gets to travel at least twice to an international designation and to meet with church leaders there, to learn more about what it means to be in ministry there and to share our hopes with those leaders. Marge loved the continent of Africa, loved the churches there. So for both of her trips, she chose to go to a different part of Africa. This was a trip to the Presbyterian Church of East Africa, which is the large Presbyterian church in Kenya and Uganda. So we were in Kenya for a while. I did some workshops on youth and young adult ministries, and then we went to Uganda. Marge desperately wanted to go to Sudan, just about five hours away from where we were staying in northern Uganda. She knew that there were several refugee camps there. The civil war had started between the north and the south. Misguided Muslims from the north would come into the south and they would hurt and kill villagers and burn towns, and then sadly, misguided Christians from the south would return the favor and do the same thing to Muslims in the north. That meant that people could not stay on their farms and villages because it was not safe. So they were migrating to several large refugee camps that had been set up by United Nations peacekeepers, and they were safe there, We knew of one large refugee camp, at least 2,000 people in this camp, many of them Christians, many of them Presbyterians. We have a long history of mission in South Sudan. And Marge desperately wanted to go visit that refugee camp and just say to these people, we are with you, we know that you are suffering, we American Presbyterians are praying with you and for you and with you and abiding with you. We were trying to go every single day, and finally on the third day, the mission persons turned to us and said, it just isn't safe. And Marge was so disappointed. So I went to bed that night in the hotel in Uganda in my air-conditioned room thinking, fine, we're going to be just staying here. Get up the next morning, do some more visits, and then fly back to the U.S., And at 2 a.m. in the morning, there's this pounding on my hotel room door, and I wake up, and I go to the door, and there's one of our missionaries there, and she says, we're going to the Sudan. And I said, when? She goes, right now. Get dressed. So I get some clothes on. I go downstairs. I meet the moderator, others in the delegation. They decided this morning it is safe, and so we get into these Range Rovers, for which you paid with your mission dollars, 
and we're driving almost four and a half hours to get to the border, and then we drive about three and a half hours to get to the first refugee camp, the one that we're trying to get to. By then, it is bright sunlight. It is really, really warm. There's no air conditioning in these Range Rovers. It's long since stopped working, and the repairs are too expensive. And so we're going there. We get to the refugee camp. They knew we were coming. They had hours of notice. They had built sort of a dais out there in the middle of this huge area. And, and they put a tent over it so that we could have shade. And there must have been easily several hundred people out there in the sun gathered around us. People got up. We met some of the pastors who were there in that camp. They introduced themselves. We met them. It was a powerful moment. Marge spoke, did beautifully, conveyed our love as Presbyterians here in the United States to these Sudanese sisters and brothers. There was lots of applause for her. And then this gentleman gets up, a Sudanese pastor, one of the lead pastors, and he begins to preach and preach and preach in a language I don't understand because there's no translation available to us. Once in a while, someone behind us would try to lean forward and give us the gist of his phrase, but I couldn't hear them. It was one of those moments, I remember this distinctly, some of you have this too, you know this, when, when it was so hot, and we were under shade, right? It was so hot, I was willing myself not to move, right? Don't move, just don't move. But I could feel the drops of sweat coming down my forehead onto my face and on my body. I'm just like, ugh. I'm not even moving, and I'm sweating. This is crazy. It's so hot. Let alone people who are out there in the bright sun standing there while this guy's preaching. So the moderator nudges me, and she says, Roger, what is wrong with this picture? And I said, I am way too hot. (laughs) And she nudges me again and says, no, what's wrong with this picture? And I said, Marge, he is preaching way too long. And she said, no, Roger, what is wrong with this picture? I said, Marge, I don't know. What? And she said, look around. What do you see? I said, I see people everywhere. And she goes, yes, you see people everywhere. What's wrong? I said, Marge, I'm sorry, Madam Moderator, I don't know. What, do you, what, what, is, what is wrong? And she said, Roger, look, look at the babies. And I looked up, and there were infants in all kinds of mothers' and fathers' arms, everywhere, all around us. And I said, there, there are lots of them. They're everywhere. What? And she said, listen to them. And I said, Marge, I don't, I don't hear any, I just hear flies around my head because they're looking, oh, moisture, oh boy, this is great. That's all, that's all I hear. And she goes, no, Roger, listen to the babies. And I looked and I said, Marge, they're not making any noise. And Marge said, that's what's wrong. Why aren't they making any noise? And I said, I, I don't know. Oh, gosh, I am so dull. I said, Marge, I don't know. And she said, Roger, It's because they're too weak to cry. They are dying in their mother's and father's arms. That's what's wrong with this picture. And this is the only safe place for them. So finally, the gentleman finishes preaching. Thank you, Jesus. And we get back into our Range Rovers, and then we drive into this interior portion of the camp that has more peacekeepers around it and more fencing We meet with the pastors there and their spouses, and then we're fed a lovely meal. I'm hungry, and so I'm eating. I am so not with it. Um, And and Marge nudges me and says, don't eat all your food. And I said, I'm hungry. And she said, don't eat all your food. And I said, but wouldn't it be insulting if I don't eat all the food? And she goes, just taste it and smile and leave the rest behind. And I'm like, why? And Marge said, because Roger... This is probably more food than most of these pastors have seen in a week. 
leave the food, and they'll eat it after we leave. Ah, Nishioka, just so dense. So we get into the Range Rover, we say goodbye to the pastors and their families. We're so grateful for their hospitality. It really has been an amazing, amazing journey. My window is down, of course, because it's hot. And we're starting to leave that inner compound, and one of the missionaries is sitting right in the front. And she turns to me and says, Roger, you might want to roll up your window. And I said, it's hot. And she said, I know. But we're about to enter the rest of the refugee camp. I need you to roll up your window. And I said, why? It's hot. And she said, Roger, when we go out into the other part of the refugee camp, if your window is down, parents will start running alongside the vehicle and they will attempt to throw their babies into your window. I need you to roll up your window. And I turned to her and said, what, what, why, why would they do that? And she turned to me and said, don't you understand It's because they want their children to live. That's why they're going to run alongside this vehicle and throw their babies into the window. They just want them to live. So I rolled up the window. We're leaving that inner part of the camp. We go through the larger part of the camp. People are on both sides of the road. They're waiting to greet us and send us on our way with blessings. And I'm not looking out the window. And Marge nudges me and says, look out the window and smile and wave. And I said, I can't. And she said, Roger, you look out the window and smile and wave so that you remember them and they see you. Your job is to take this memory back to the United States. So I looked up. And I started waving, and they're waving. Some of you know this. You've been, oh, that sub-Saharan African skin. Oh, my goodness. It is so beautiful. The sub-Saharan African skin, it is so black. It's almost blue-tinted. And when these persons smile, their faces light up. They were beautiful, beautiful smiles. And I'm waving, trying to keep it together, And they're waving, and Marge is saying, remember, remember the people of Sudan. People are bringing children to Jesus. The disciples stop them. Jesus scolds the disciples and says, let these children come to me, because it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. I think there is this special place in God's own heart for children. And I think when children are hurt or abused, neglected, maimed, killed, I think it breaks God's heart in a particular way. God wants every Israeli child to grow and thrive. God wants every Palestinian child to grow and thrive. God wants every Ukrainian child, every Russian child, every Haitian child, every American child. God wants children, every child, to grow up and thrive. Because it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs uniquely 
to these whom God loves so much. It's why we're engaged in this ministry with children and families. Tom would say frequently, when we were up here with time with children, Tom would say, our pastor, I'm so glad you're here. You make us better when you're present among us. That is exactly right. We need our children to help us know who God is. Jesus said, let them come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.